Welcome back everyone to another episode of Grow Your Path to Wellness. If this is your first time listening, my colleague Amanda and I, we host a new wellness guest every week and we release our new episodes every Sunday. Be sure to like, subscribe, follow us on your favorite um, streaming platform for podcasts and then we also are on YouTube. So that way you don't miss out on any releases of any new episodes. Amanda is continuing to take time uh, to care for herself and her new little ones. So um, at least through the end of November, it's going to be me hosting our guests for now. Last week, in case you missed that, Mary Bicknell, she returned. She was another returning guest. And we talked about how how important it is to have systems in place um, as far as making money in your business or just in your life in general. So... This week, we welcome Ashley Chambrello, and she'll be sharing with us all about the therapeutic healing method called brain spotting. Welcome, Ashley. Thank you so much for being here with us. Thank you for having me. We're so excited. And, and this is something I've always been very intrigued by, and I know like little to nothing about. So, but before we jump into our talking points here, can you give our community a brief general introduction about yourself. Yeah. Um, My name is Ashley Chambrello. I am a licensed marriage and family therapist in Connecticut. Um, My office is in central Connecticut in Cromwell, but I do all telehealth. So I see people all across the state. Um, I am a brain spotting practitioner as well, which is a trauma treatment um, technique that we'll talk about today. I work with individuals, couples, families, Um, I contract with Aware Recovery, which is in Connecticut, working with um, those struggling with substance abuse and addiction. Uh, So I do a lot of things. I love it. So you do the kind of have the specialty with the brain spotting and I'm like, is there a specific for a community or other practitioners listening? I'm assuming there's a a credentialing process to to do the brain spotting. So you have like a specialty. Yeah. So um, for clinicians who want to get trained in brain spotting, um, you would just go on to brainspotting.com and they have all their trainings listed. Most of them, I will say, still are virtual, um, which is kind of nice. So you don't have to travel for a three-day conference in Florida or, you know, Texas or wherever. Um, So I've done my trainings online. The trainings are um, like three days, pretty intensive. They're there, uh, it's a lot. It's a lot of information. It's a lot of our own work in that time. Um, and so they have phase one, phase two, phase three, phase four. Um, and then they have a bunch of different um, like specialty trainings. And what I like about brain spotting, well, one of the things that I like for clinicians is that you can do the one phase one brain spotting training, the three days. Um, and after those three days, you can use this with your clients. Like you have the knowledge and the tools um, available to you. And so you can use it right out the gate with phase one, which is pretty nice. Um, and then in order to get certified, you go through phase two and then you have to get hours and meet with a supervisor, um, like six hours of supervision. and. Um, so it's kind of nice to get certified too, because I know the thing that's often, I guess, compared with brain spotting is EMDR. It's kind of like EMDR and brain spotting and EMDR is fabulous. Um, I don't have anything bad to say about it. The certification and using it with clients takes a long time though. Um, so the brain spotting, that was one of the things that really drew me to it. Yeah. I didn't, of course I didn't know any of that because I've it's something like I said at the the beginning of this. I was I'm, I've always been so I've I know more about EMDR than I do brain spotting. So whenever this was the topic and I was sending out the email and stuff to you last week, I was like I'm super excited. Now, can as listeners sit here? I know we're going to get into what things look like and um, the benefits and things, but is there certain populations that? And I know this is probably a client by client basis. So just in a general sense who's usually the best fit for brain spotting? Anyone with a brain. (laughs) I mean, really, there's not, um, yeah, anyone with a brain. That's amazing. So, and primarily to treat and um, navigate trauma, correct? 
Yeah, so it was born out of EMDR. David Grand um, was doing EMDR and then moved to like natural flow EMDR and then he discovered brain spotting and um, it works. It targets trauma. I think that that's kind of the general you know, thing that it goes after, right? Um, but I work with brain spotting on people with anxiety, depression, um, unhealthy eating behaviors, addiction, family relationship difficulties, um, low self-esteem. So really, you can use brain spotting on almost anything. I say almost because I don't know if it's anything, um, but I would imagine you can really do brain spotting on a lot of different areas. I love that. So you have like a, in your own work, and we'll get into more details there in a minute, but you've used it with a wide variety of people. So it could be something that our yeah. community, our listeners could could look into and, and know that like, hey, this is a very broadly effective Thing for anybody with a brain. Yeah, it works really well for trauma in kind of accessing the trauma capsule um, and healing it and releasing it and getting it up and out. Um, it works really fabulous for trauma, but it, it is so effective for a lot of other things too. All right, so thank you. Thank you for the, not just introduction of yourself, but an intro to brain spotting. So let's get into our, our nitty gritty. So why does brain spotting work on trauma rather than, you know, the traditional or what can be viewed as the traditional talk therapy? Um, so I'm going to preface this by saying that there are a ton of brain spotting practitioners out there that are more educated and experienced with it than I am. Um, and I love learning from them and talking with them. And I think every time I'm in like a consultation group, I'm in a few different consultation groups, I always learn from my peers and colleagues about it. Um, and so I'm still learning. So I don't have all of the information, but I'm super passionate about it. Um, I believe in it and I love using my voice to just educate people and teach people about it. So um, where's my little brain model? Oh yes, I love this. <laughs> um, all right, so here's your brain. And when we are using like cognitive behavioral therapy. So I also use talk therapy. So when I am with clients, I am a brain spotting practitioner, but not every session is, you know, a brain spotting. I take out my pointer and we're processing. Um, sometimes that's not where we go. And sometimes I do talk therapy or cognitive behavioral therapy and teach client skills. And so it's not just every session's brain spotting. Um, but so when we are talking, when we're trying to problem solve, when we're using rational thought, day-to-day -day thinking, trying to figure stuff out, this is the part of the brain that we're accessing. So right here, the neocortex of the brain, if you put your hand on your head, this is the part of the brain that, you know, all right. For those that are only on podcasting, sorry, sometimes oh, both yes. of us forget, me and Amanda will both forget that there's some people only on the podcast. So mm -hmm. she's holding a model of the brain and then pointing to different parts. So if you can just don't mind saying the parts so then they can kind of. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So the frontal lobe. So if you were to put your hand right on your forehead, um, this is the neocortex. This is the part of the brain that you're using to think of like solutions. So um, if you're in therapy, let's say, and you know, I have a client that is super anxious, but can't understand why. So if we're talking about it, like, why do you think you're anxious, blah, blah, blah. This is the part of the brain that you're using, that front part of your brain. Um, the part of the brain where emotions and trauma and all of the nitty gritty, that is in the subcortex is called. So the subcortex is deep inside. So if I had the brain and I kind of cut it in half, it would be deep, deep, deep inside of your brain. Um, this is where all of your emotions live. And this is where trauma may be stored. Um, 
And this is the part of the brain that we access through brain spotting. And so when we want to figure out anxiety, we want to figure out why this experience impacted us in that way, talking about it only gets to it at a certain level. And so to really understand it and process it and heal, we have to go deeper. And the way that we do that is through the eyes. Um, so people have said before that the eyes are like the outside part of the brain. It is directly connected. Um, there's a lot of information in the eyes. And so we, the theory behind brain spotting, what David Grand always says is where you look impacts how you feel. Um, and I always add in what information you can access. So So Kelsey, I'll ask you a question. Um, what was the color of your first car? White. And your eyes went kind of up into oh, your left, I think. Crazy. Yeah, so that tells me that where in your brain, so if you look to the left, it's in the right part of your brain, um, that's where that information is stored. And so, I mean, it really is. I'm already like, like Ooh. yeah, <laughs> that's kind of like my hook, line and sinker for people. And when they're like, well, how does it work? I'll, I'll ask them that question or I'll ask them, you know, what color is your front door? And your eyes will just naturally gaze wherever. And that's just your eyes looking for where in your brain the information is. That's amazing. And again, I know yeah. some in a general sense, but I've never like having those moments and like where somebody says, see, your your brain, you kept it right in this thing that happens naturally and it, like how it is processing. And yeah, now I'm going to now pay attention to. Yeah. Yeah. I remember my first brain spotting session with my brain spotting therapist, um, who's fabulous. And she we did some like one-eyed brain spotting that day. There's a lot of different setups. And she had mentioned after that first day to just pay attention to where my eyes went, right? And so, oh my God, that whole week I was like looking around like, oh my God, when I think about this, I look over here. And when I'm talking to people, I notice them, you know, looking over here. And it was really, really interesting. Huh. Mm -hmm. Okay, so it... And we always say, you know, we know how the brain works as far as like what what parts of the brain don't will do what. So like how you were explaining that the frontal lobe and and its role, but in order to really get in there where some of that because you can only logic and, and reason so much and comes in that that aspect that we say in our field all the time that trauma is stored alive in, in the mind and the body. Yes. Yeah, and I, I get a lot of clients, um, well, I'll speak personally first. So I have had trauma as so many people have, and I've talked about it for years and years and years and years and years. And, you know, I was at this point where I was like, okay, well, my trauma doesn't really, it's not like my thing anymore. It doesn't, you know, I've healed it. I've done the work. Um, and then meeting with my brain spotting practitioner, um, we went back and really healed the trauma. Um, and I can now tell an actual difference. Like even when I think back on traumatic memories, like they don't feel the same. And I've done years of talk therapy. I did EMDR, I've done, you know, different modalities for myself. Um, and I think with brain spotting, what's really interesting too, is I get a lot of clients that are like, I've done this, I've done that, I've tried, you know, this therapy, I've been in therapy for years. And what they enjoy about the brain spotting is it's so, so different than any other modality that they have used before. Um, one thing that's really different about brain spotting is that the client doesn't have to talk. Um, so, and I, I can get into that now, or I can kind of explain a little bit more about the brain. Um, but with the non-talking, it's not important for the client to share their story and to, if they need to, if they want to, that is appropriate and 
absolutely okay and I welcome that. Um, but I have sometimes some clients that are silent for 45 minutes and they're processing a lot of stuff. And um, yeah, I don't know if I should stay on the brain or if I should jump there. <laughs> Um, as far as your own personal experience mm -hmm. with spotting, so I, my brain wants to ask you, did you pursue and seek out your own practitioner before you ever decided to get trained in it yourself? Yes, and I did not know about brain spotting. Um, so when I, I had a therapist and then, um, she went on medical leave during the pandemic and that was fine. I was okay, you know, to not have sessions for a few months. Um, and I'm in Connecticut and my old therapist, my brain spotting practitioner, but I have, it's kind of a unique thing. She's been my therapist since I was like 15 years old. Um, so that's when I initially met her and then she moved offices. Um, and so I stopped seeing her after, I don't know, maybe a year or so, but um she always held like a special place in my healing i always really really connected with her um probably really why i'm a therapist today is because i had such a great experience with her so then fast forward to i'm about 25 years old having anxiety go to my primary care physician they're like oh have you ever thought about therapy i was like yes i'd love to she said, oh, I have this colleague and she referred me to her and I was like, oh my God, I saw her 10 years ago. Like she's back in the area. So I started seeing her again and then she ended up moving out of state. So I stopped seeing her after a few years um, and she is in Massachusetts. So when my therapist went on leave, I was still having like some I don't, the pandemic was happening, so who wasn't struggling with that, right? I was just like, oh, I need to, I need to get back into therapy. And I remembered her. And with telehealth and licenses and everything like that, there was more flexibility. Um, so I asked her just by random. I reached out and asked her if she kept her Connecticut license and if she would meet with me. And she said, yeah. And she let me know she does brain spotting now and just to look it up. And I did. And I was like, what the heck is this? This is so strange, but I trust her. So I'll, you know, be open to it. And I was hooked. I mean, just absolutely hooked and mind blown. That's amazing. That evolution. Something told me to ask that. I was like, hopefully you don't mind me asking. Like, you, <laughs> nobody ever has to share anything about themselves on here. It's very vulnerable uh, to be on a platform, but thank you for sharing that because it's, it's like, holy cow, this was so powerful for me. And again, everything that we do doesn't mean that I'm going to then do yeah. that with others. Yeah. It's like I could make such a huge difference in other people's lives with this. Yeah, I did. I think I want to say maybe four or five brain spotting sessions. So that's essentially probably four hours worth of the therapeutic work. And I had noticed such a difference, just such a difference in my day to day a difference that I just couldn't touch elsewhere. And it had just been, you know, a couple of months. So I did sessions like every other week. Um, and after maybe four sessions, I was like, okay, I'm going to get trained in this. There's no doubt in my mind. I was thinking of clients that, you know, I can offer this to and that could help them. Um, yeah, it was, I was just absolutely sold. Sold. Yeah. Like as we're sitting here and again, we haven't gotten into like, Mm -hmm. details about it but I instantly had my own clients on my own caseload that I'm like huh. yeah probably be on on brainspotting.com really. <laughs> yeah. uh, I mean and the client so I you know I'll speak to one of them um she's been my client for probably about five or six years complex 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 PTSD lots of health issues physical stuff um and you know, I wasn't a trauma trained therapist and I knew that that could help her. So over the years, I've referred her out to trauma groups, to EMDR specialists, to other trauma, trauma, you know, modalities. And she's tried some, always had me as a consistent, supportive, you know, person in her corner to talk with and to learn skills with. Um, but just, she never, I don't know, it just didn't work out for a variety of reasons. 
I started doing brain spotting on her and she just loves it. And she loves it because specifically for her, oftentimes, again, she has lots of pain all over, lots of different physical health things. Um, we'll do brain spotting and very, very often she'll be activated about stress or fear about dying because of her health issues or um, you know, the uncertainty, she'll be like 10 out of 10 activated, feeling tense and, um, lots of pain. And after her process for, you know, maybe 25, 30 minutes of doing the processing in whatever way she needs to, she is calm, cool, collected, like ready to take a nap, feeling so much relief. And it's just, it's absolutely incredible to see the transformation in Glenn's and myself. Uh, right. And like, we wouldn't be doing this if it wasn't lasting you like so that can lead us into our next what do you notice with the clients that you have done um, the brain spotting methods with so i think a lot of times the way that i describe it it's because it's so hard to describe um in so many different aspects but the way that i describe it is brain spotting can help you kind of pick up the pieces of you that you lost along the way so and i i can just say in my own experience of doing the brain spotting healing for myself i don't always notice like when the shift happens or what piece i might have kind of picked up that i was that i had lost um but you just start feeling better. So it moves you and your nervous system from a state of emotional dysregulation to emotional regulation. So you just, yeah, you just start feeling better. So I have one client that I'm thinking of that we use some brain spotting on, um, where she anxious, you know, low self-confidence, um, really is such an amazing young woman, but kind of hid that because she was fearful of kind of showing people that and being vulnerable. Did some brain spotting um, and on that and other things. So brain spotting, all of our stuff is interwoven together. All of our neural pathways in the brain, all of our experiences and whatnot. So if you're brain spotting on, you know, a traumatic experience with your dad growing up or a car accident when you were 17 or, you know, being bullied in sixth grade, those could relate to low self-esteem in your 30s or, you know, a feeling of anxiety in the body and not knowing. Mm -hmm. um, and so when we brain spot and heal one thing, other parts of your life can start, I don't know, fitting better, I guess, and um, feeling better. And so we brain spotted me and this client um, on that low self-confidence, but also on other things. And we ended up terminating, I discharged her, um, I don't know, months ago because she didn't have any symptoms anymore. There was no anxiety. She was really thriving. She was who she was at work, at home with her friends and feeling good about it. And I mean, yeah, just tremendous change. Almost, and the word that comes to my mind and maybe it comes from other modalities that I, you know, that I'm semi-familiar with is like integration. Like I'm, I feel, feel like a, um, a whole, my whole present self, like grounded, regulated, and just yeah, like one piece. Yeah. Instead of, you know, this over here and this pulling you that way and this overwhelming you here. And yeah, we just kind of, heal in all kind of areas of of life this is so cool yeah and it's not always like this huge profound sometimes it is sometimes it is you know walking through a traumatic experience with the client and processing an experience a specific event and maybe that session is tears and shaking and like really intense um and then at the end maybe it's like a like a parasympathetic switch in the nervous system and they can just kind of calm down and then maybe they feel differently after um but sometimes it's very subtle sometimes it might 
Yeah, so a lot of times, actually, I would say it's a very subtle change. Um, and I feel like, to, like, does this help people feel more in because I um, with kind of common commonplace, like people who aren't familiar with just really therapy in general, I think it can be perceived that things like the specialty, not talk their traditional talk therapy can be about trying to get rid of memories. I've heard that sometimes, like we're just going to shut them off or, you know, I'm just get rid of them. And, and we know that that's not how that works, but I hear that a lot. Yeah. And, you know, we're not getting rid of the memories. We're just changing the way that you feel towards the memories and how, you know, activated or dysregulated you are in regards to that experience or memory. Um, I remember when I was training, one of my trainers, she used this kind of analogy of how trauma works in the brain. Um, so using like the brain stem in the back of the brain. So almost if you were to take your hand and put it up at the base of your skull, um, that's where your brain stem is. And she used the analogy of um, imagine, you know, in your brain, there's like a bouncer, like a bouncer at a bar, big, strong, you know, whatever, a bouncer. Um, and memories come up through your visual field and it's almost like a little capsule and they come up and it's like a memory of me playing with my dog. And the bouncer says, yep, you can come in and, you know, you can make an appropriate memory and it's a memory of my wedding day. And yep, you can come in and make a memory. And then something traumatic happens and that trauma capsule goes up through your body into the brainstem and the bouncer says, nope, not today. And it pushes that trauma capsule back down because for whatever reason, the brain, the body is protecting you and does not want to make this memory into a memory. It's like, no way, we don't want that here, right? Um, and so what brain spotting can do is it can access that trauma capsule um, and it can consolidate it in the way that it's supposed to, right? So it's not just kind of floating around. It's not wrecking havoc um it kind of takes it manages it heals it and then it releases almost like the emotional dysregulation with it and stores it where it needs to be stored where it should have been stored um but couldn't right so it's like it's like yeah it's still there it's still yeah but it's like less intense less painful less consuming yes memory yeah, I, um, I kind of say, too, um, that one of my old therapists, actually, it might have been the one, my kind of OG therapist, it might have been her, um, was explaining trauma therapy. This was not in regards to brain spotting, but it's in regards to trauma therapy, and this is definitely, you know, how brain spotting can work, too, is imagine you're walking down the road, there's a big pothole, you step inside of it, you break your ankle. So that day, it is, like on your mind, right? You can feel the pain, you know it, you're crying, it hurts so bad. Maybe a week goes by, you're driving down the road, you see the pothole and you remember, and you're like, ooh, that really hurt. I don't like that. I'm gonna stay away from that. And then, you know, two years goes by and you go near the pothole and it's like, oh yeah, I remember that. Yeah, that sucked. And then you just keep going, right? Um, so that's kind of how brain spotting works with trauma too, is it takes this memory um, or experience or event and it it makes it so that it doesn't hurt so much today. Yes, and have those those symptoms or those things that the because with trauma we're we're treating, you know, the the after, not the event that happened, but my response and, and how it's impacting my functioning. So I'm assuming like what we notice with clients is such a probably profound improvement in day-to-day -day functioning and the way that they show up aren't able to show up in the world yeah yes yes okay so, so many questions and both amanda and i were like we can go on and on and on so <laughs> control myself um for our listeners like if they would whether that or not they look into this or not but can you Kind of outline what a typical brain spotting session would look like. 
Yeah. Um, so this is it's so hard to describe because every session is different um, with every client. So you really never know what to expect. So with brain spotting, the brain spotting practitioner, we stay in the tail of the comment, we call it. So the comment is the the client, their brain, their processing, and we follow. And so it's really organic. Um, like with EMDR, there's, you know, a protocol, like this is what happens, then we do this, then we do this, like there's a very specific setup. Um, with brain spotting, it is completely client led. And so what they come with that day is where we go. Um, so there's, I have a pointer, I, I may or may not use it during sessions, it really just depends on where we end up going. Um, but basically with brain spotting, we start by talking about bringing up a situation, an event, an issue, um, and how you feel kind of attached to that. And this is what we need to feel to get started. So you get activated about a particular issue and we find, you know, where in your body you feel that maybe. Um, and then we find a spot with your eyes where you feel it the strongest. So, you know, you can kind of use this and listeners can use this too. Of Think of um, something that's distressing to you right now. So on a scale of zero to 10, you know, we're not going after a seven, eight, nine, ten. 10. Um, we don't want anything that is really distressing, um, but just something that's bothersome. So it could be like oh, when I was driving yesterday and that person cut me off or, you know, when I was at the grocery store and didn't expect such a long wait and there was just something that brings up a feeling of, you know, discomfort or activation. Um, so if you think about that, really envision that, bring it up. Um, I invite you to just notice what happens when you move your eyes around. So just at eye level, just kind of look over to the left and just notice how you feel when you think about it. Does it increase the activation? Does it feel calmer? And then just look over center at eye level. And then over to the right. And just see, is one side maybe a little calmer than another? When you think about this distressing event or experience, you know, is one side like, ooh, I don't know what happened, but my chest got tight. Or, you know, when I was thinking about this, I felt something. So um, with a brain spotting session, we go to where you feel it strongest. Um, either we go with an activation setup where, you know, okay, I'm feeling a lot of anxiety on that spot. If it's tolerable, let's process from there. Or maybe we go with a resource spot, it's called, like more grounding, calm, um, neutral energy and we process from that spot. Um, and so once the client has their spot, then they just stay there and allow themselves to feel emotionally and physically and just follow anything that the brain brings up. Um, yeah, I mean, and, and you know, their eyes might kind of, there's a lot of different setups. So like I said, you know, they might have two spots that we're processing on. Um, sometimes people have a spot, but it might feel like a lot. And so they might come off and go on a resource spot or they might just look around. I have one client that I'm thinking of that processes beautifully, goes very deep. Um, and her eyes are kind of looking a, a few different spots throughout the session. Um, but that's the way that her brain and body needs to do it. Um, and then in a session, the client can talk as much or as little as they want. Yeah, so, because so the client, a lot of the times they're listening to bilateral music in earbuds or headphones. Um, so the music's going in one ear and then in the next and it's going back and forth. There's no pattern or anything. Um, it's like nature sounds or music. There's a few different things. Um, and that's allowing for deeper integration of processing between the left and the right hemispheres of the brain. Um, and a lot of clients find it relaxing. And so they have their music in and clients can process without music too. It's not required in order to do brain spotting. Um, and so they have their music in, they're on their spot and they are allowing their brain to take them where they need to go. And 
you know, I encourage people try not to figure it out. Try not to use that front part of your brain. Um, and that part of the brain is going to come up, especially in the beginning sessions. It's going to, because it's trying to figure it out. It's like, wait, wait, what the heck is going on? <laughs> like, it will come up. <laughs> That's what I was in my head. I was like, because I'm a, just a, I don't know. I think I analyze everything. You know, some people do that more so than others. So I was like, that has to be a factor. And and as there, if you have a client that is not being verbal or, or kind of not talking, do you just sit with and hold space? Or are there things that you, similar to EMDR, like do you guide them through specific processes? Um, so again, it's really going to be client and session specific. Um, uh, most of the time I'm not talking much because I don't want to interrupt what's happening for them because if they are deep down in their brain and they're processing and then I say, all right, Kelsey, now notice what's going on with that sensation. Now you're up here, right? If I'm like, what are you processing on? Now you're kind of coming up and out and using that front part of your brain, um, which is okay. If the client goes back and forth on their own end, it's fine. Um, but I don't want to interrupt their processing and bring them out. Um, in the beginning sessions, I talk a little bit more Um you know, every client's different too. So there might be clients that need me to talk more to let them know I'm here. Um, if it's a hard, if really, I mean, it just depends on the session. Um, yeah, I, but especially in the beginning, I check in with them just to help them along, I guess. Yeah, and I think when you, when you bring on a client, do you mostly have people reach out to you as, might be half and half. I don't. They reach out to you because you do brain spotting, or is it very often you'll take on a client and more of a a general sense? Because I feel like we're good fit because of your experience or symptoms or needs, and then you're like, then you present the brain spotting as like, hey, this could be helpful. Yeah. So um, I do get referrals just for the brain spotting. So people who have heard about brain spotting and want to try it, or were recommended from their therapist to do brain spotting. Um, and when I have someone who presents with anxiety or depression or relationship issues on the first consultation call and triage, I always tell them I'm a brain spotting practitioner. This is a little bit about it. Um, you know, look it up on brainspotting.com or my website to learn more. And if that's something that you are interested in, then we can move forward. Um, I haven't really had many people who I've told it about and they haven't been interested. A lot of people are like, oh, yeah, that sounds cool. OK, I'll do that. Um, but I mean, I do kind of. I guess not require clients to do it because, again, it's on their own. It's on their own thing. If they want to do a traditional brain spotting session, we do it. If they don't, um, sometimes I have clients that are just like, oh, I just need to talk today. All right. And sometimes I might notice that when they're talking about something, their eyes go somewhere and I might invite them to just stay on that spot and see what happens. So I'm always a brain spotting practitioner, no matter if I'm doing a brain spotting setup or not. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, I offer it to all of my clients. And I do it with couples. Um, yeah. Ooh, so how would that, again, we don't have to get into a whole other topic here, but how, was, how does that look as far as with couples or if you have yourself and then two other people in the room to do brain spotting? So um, <laughs> I feel like so many of the answers with brain spotting are like, well, it depends on the client and session. <laughs> That's how this type of work goes. So now yeah. you're what? <laughs> Right. Um, so there's different ways to do it. So sometimes when I'm working with couples, if I have one couple, one individual that's maybe very emotionally dysregulated, where doing the cognitive skill based work, it's just not going to do much because the emotions are running rampant. I might start with them. Um, and a lot of times couples like to do brain spotting at first on their own without their partner just to experience it, see what's happening, see what it's like. Sometimes we just continue the individual work um, and then they can do the couple's work. Sometimes um, if I have a couple together in a session and maybe I notice one of the partners is looking up to the left. I might invite them to just stay there. Um, maybe both of the couples, we find a shared spot 
on a particular distressing event or experience. Maybe they find their own spots on it in process. Um, maybe one client, you know, one partner is processing on something while the other is holding space um, and watching the healing and the sprain spotting. So it's really, it's flexible on whatever presents itself that day and whatever the need is. And when clients are processing, um, so you asked before when they're, if they're silent or if they're talking, like, what am I doing? Um, so I am attuned. I am paying attention. I'm tracking, you know, things, um, I'm listening. And it's actually pretty interesting because when I have a brain spotting session, very often, um, my eye will start tearing and that does not happen in my talk therapy sessions by the way <laughs> when i'm teaching skills or if i'm just talking to someone about something distressing that's not happening um so there's a lot of research behind the neurobiology between client and therapist too so they've you know hooked up like the brainwave thing and have done all the research and when a client's processing my neurobiology is changing as well. And, you know, my, they've done the research and brain waves will transform and, you know, match each other's. Um, and I think it's really interesting that my eye will tear <laughs> a lot of times. And, and it, I might not even know what they're taught, you know, what they're processing. I might have no idea. Right. They may not be saying anything out loud or verbally sharing any kind of story or experience. But that, and I'm sure it's way more than mirror neurons, like so much, so much biologically happening in that moment. Yeah. And that tells yeah. you how powerful yeah. our brain is. And, and yes, it wants to, it simply wants to protect us most of the time, but that, that response can be needed and, you know, served a purpose. And then we fast forward, just like any trauma work, it's like now these responses and this protection method and whatever this is that I'm dealing with is causing me dysfunction now. And this is fascinating. Like you can get somebody and process that even, even deeper and it's completely led by them. Because in my mind, I go to like those clients that are maybe fearful to do this because I feel like mm -hmm. with very intense trauma it can be a it's a very very real fear to be like okay I'm gonna have to sit in this like are there certain things that you do to help keep people when I say regulated but like to keep them to where we're not you know on this end of that spectrum of distress or do we take breaks if things get too intense or do you change oh, yeah all, all those things. Um, I think, you know, reminding them that the brain's a self-healing organ. It's not going to do anything, show you anything, tell you anything to hurt you or harm you. Um, and, you know, your brain will bring up what it's ready to heal. If it's not ready to heal, it will not bring it up. You will not be, it won't. Um, and I think a lot of the times too with brain spotting, it's like a wave. So oftentimes clients will feel like, oh like it's happening you know maybe i'm seeing the experience or i'm i'm experiencing the experience and they'll be in it and then i'll see the switch and they'll feel the switch and it's like okay and so they ride it for a minute and then maybe it goes back up and it's very interesting um you know if a client is not tolerating it um then we can, you know, we can go to a resource spot. We can stop it at any time. If at any time they're like, I don't want to do this, um, you know, it's okay. Right. Like them knowing like you are, you are in control. And I love that you, the way you worded that the brain is not going to bring up something that it's, it doesn't ready, you know, to heal. Yeah. And it's a really, it's a gentle, well, I, yeah, I mean, it is, it's a gentle way of healing. Um, so it doesn't always feel good. Sometimes it's quite intense, um, you know, but, but, you know, I'll speak to my own experience with it. Me processing trauma with EMDR versus brain spotting, EMDR was much more intense and not in like a great way <laughs> like brain spotting was i could go after the trauma 
and it just feels it feels different. It doesn't feel you know. Like I don't use the word safe. I don't want to use the word safe, but it felt like I was just protected in this. Less less. Yeah. And like I really I trusted it. I trusted my relationship with my therapist. I just yeah, it just felt it felt like I was able to. It was I was able to go there and it was gonna be okay. Yeah, and I wonder how much of that has to do it's like just a general sense question, but the level of control that the client has. Like knowing that I have more control rather than this specific structure that I have to follow. Yeah. Well that yeah. might effective like we're not knocking emdr that's not what no, this is no no not at all but maybe that i don't know I'm just yeah yeah because that's not you know i'm not being told by someone what to do or how to do this right like i'm just allowing my own experience to do its thing like i'm just allowing myself to trust the process trust my brain and once i can trust my brain and my process then it's going to just unravel and it's going to do the work. And we just kind of sit back and we allow it to. Um, brain spotting is also interesting because the brain spotting healing doesn't just happen in the you know 45 minutes that I have with someone. Um, the brain may continue processing for up to 48 hours. Mm-hmm. So sometimes I have clients um, you know, with really weird dreams or strange thoughts or healing thoughts or you know things that just come out of the blue that's like, I haven't thought about that in like 10 years. Like, why is that coming up? Um, So a lot of that. uh, Yeah. And when you said the, my brain latches on to like statements for some reason, whenever I talk with every single guest. And when you said that it's a method that you, when you introduce it and it's like the purpose of this is for you to trust your own brain. And for somebody that has experienced trauma, Mm -hmm. that is huge. (laughs) for if you think about it and and, you know being two clinicians talking like trauma tries to like it it impacts you know my ability to trust myself and to trust my own brain and and that can just have such a trickle-down effect so having a method and telling somebody hey this is you know this is okay and and it's okay to trust your own brain and then holding space and and getting to be a part of that. Yeah. And not trying to force it. You know, we don't, I don't have, if they want to bring like a menu of traumatic experiences and they want to go down the list. Okay. Um, if they, you know, sometimes I have clients that are just like, I don't really know what's going on. I don't know what I want to focus on. I just haven't been feeling good. You know, we can go with that too and see what presents itself. And it's really interesting what comes up and it makes sense at the end to the client. And sometimes it doesn't. Um, Yeah, I mean, it's just your brain is going to show up. It's going to do the work if we just get out of its way and just allow it to when we give it the space. If you have somebody in front of you and they say, you know, I don't, I don't know what's going on. I just don't feel good. We don't have to, it's a client by client. That's all very real. But where do you start with that? Are you, uh, you let them start? Is it more of like a body connecting to the body first? Yeah. Yeah. It's connecting to the body. So, um, you know, when you're talking about that, where's that presenting itself physically? and just kind of doing a scan and seeing and then all right you know so you're not feeling well it's coming up in your right shoulder is tension so let's find that spot and so you know they'll find a spot in their own space maybe i'll use the pointer and you know do different setups um and see where they feel that the most and then we see what's there we see i mean the body says the body will tell us a lot yes Okay, well, uh, as as usual, I could ask five trillion questions. (laughs) Do that to you. But um, we ask every, is there anything else with the brain spotting specifically that you wanted to touch on um, that didn't fall into our talking points today before we start to wrap up? Yeah, I don't think so. I mean, I think explaining brain spotting and talking about it, I get so like passionate and all over the place with it. Um, I think we did a nice little sum up about it. I think that, you know, I explained it well. Um, 
and if anyone has any questions, brainspotting.com is an excellent resource. There's videos, there are lots of articles, um, lots of information there, and clinicians who are looking to get trained on it. Um, there's information about that. It is life-changing for a lot of people, I think. I, I, it, it makes Stomp, you did an amazing job of explaining it because I've, like, I've never, I haven't even looked it up. I've just heard about it. And I kept saying it was something that I was like, hmm, what's that? You know, one of those types of things. So it, it makes a lot of sense and it makes a lot of sense as to how that could be life-changing for so many. So I mean, and it makes sense and it also doesn't. Even in my own healing now with my own therapist, things will happen in the session or well, something will come up and I'm like, what? <laughs> like, I know what's happening. <laughs> I get it, but I'm still like mind blown often around brain spotting. And it's like, it's okay for it to not make sense because that could probably show us that we're getting out of my brain's way. Like I'm not only... Uh, you know, the front part of my brain and logicking and re reasoning and all of that with it. Mm -hmm. True. Oh, well, thank you. We, we ask all of our guests and I always feel like we put people on the spot, but um, any, any last words, mantras, like piece of advice or just anything that you find yourself living by that you could leave our community with today? Be something super simple. Or it can be tied to brain spotting or trauma. Yeah. Uh, so what came up for me was one thing that I've been saying for years. Um, I actually learned it from a gentleman named Otho Cox when I lived in Colorado. So he said this to me over a decade ago, and I use it with clients. Um, they use it in their own lives. So my little tidbit is if you don't ask, then it's a no. Um, I always kind of live by that. Um, yeah. If you don't ask, it's a no. Yeah. Like you, it's all kind of ties into get out of my own way. Mm -hmm. Ask I, then I, then I never know. And it's a no. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Okay. Well, thank you so much. Do you, uh, do you mind me asking what your website is or, um, where listeners can find you? Yeah, um, so my website is yourbsptherapist.com. Um, that is my website. You can find me on Instagram with that handle, yourbsptherapist, um, and on Psychology Today if you're in Connecticut and looking for services. All right, and I will, um, we'll have the brainspotting.com and then your website and then your social media handles and our show notes. Great. All right. Well, thank you again, Ashley, for being here, um, spending some of your Sunday with me. Um, we greatly appreciate it. And like we tell everybody, you're always welcome back. So if there's ever anything that comes up or something you feel like would build off effectively, don't hesitate to, to reach out. All right. Great. Thank you so much for having me. No problem. So for our listeners, everybody, don't forget to like, subscribe, follow. And please comment or leave us feedback. So if there's like a topic that we haven't covered yet that you are curious about or would love to see us reach out and find a guest for, please don't hesitate to reach out to us, contact us, or leave that in the comments of one of our videos. Next week, I will be hosting Heidi Gruss, and our topic will be repurposing your emotional trash can. So I don't even know exactly what this means. So I'm super excited for next week. So everybody, including myself, we're going to tune in next week and find out exactly what this means. So everybody take care and we will see you next week.